Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Welcome back, folks, to season two. It has been so much going on. I mean, so much in the past few weeks. I don't even know where to begin. Um, First and foremost, though, as you can see, we're in a new space. It's going to take some time to get used to, like, trying to figure out the angles or where to look and yada, whatever. But... um, Change is inevitable, and we have to make sure that we continue on our journey because it's what it's meant to be, and we just have to figure it out. Um, this move was was hectic for me. Um, denial after denial. Uh, the reason why, like, from the from having to move, the reason why I had to move from denial after denial, from coming up with the money in, in, in such a short time, like, like so much was just going on. And, you know, I just, I've been stressed to no end, just trying to reset. This is the second time that I was like mentally preparing because at the top of the year, I was um, setting up to reset, took a financial hit. So I was like, all right, let me regroup. And right when I was about to reset again, some BS happened, end up having to move from, you know, from the place that I've been at for the last eight years. And it's a bittersweet situation because towards the tail end of me living there, like it just kind of started getting a little bit rough with me and the owner of the property and uh, the ways he was trying to move. And I just wasn't mentally vibing with it. Like it was stressing me out, making me lose sleep and stuff like that. And so I just was like, you know, whatever. And so in the process of all this, it created more stress, uh, more insecurities because I kept getting denied. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, like I can't be homeless again. Like I can't let my kids see me homeless. I can't allow them to be homeless because it's us. Right. And it's so weird to me that Like, when I tell you I was at my wit's end, and these application fees nowadays, like, it's crazy. It's not your regular, you know, $50 to $80 application fee. It's like like $50 for the app fee, $250 for the admin fee, this for this fee. And it's it's crazy, and it's non-refundable. So I I easily spent, like, $1,200 in, like, three days um, applying for places. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm losing my mind because I'm like, yo, like, I cannot be homeless. I cannot allow my kids to, to, to do this. And I hit up this last place, and like, we're going around, and I kept saying to the kids, like, yo, like, we might have to downsize um, to figure it out. You know, because they were hell-bent on not wanting to share rooms. And, you know, I'm trying to be that guy, like, no matter where I moved to, even though I haven't seen, you know, been able to, to, to have physical sight on my daughter, she's had, she hasn't, you know, spent the night, nothing, whatever, not even spent the night. Like I've always had a room for her in every property that I, that I've moved to. 
right? And I know to the boys, it's like unfair that I keep a space for her regardless for whenever, you know, the situation changes. But this time we had to downsize. And they're frustrated, like they didn't want to share rooms. And so I'm trying, trying, trying. And then I like, I typically make them vote on everything, right? We're going to this place and that place. And this one place gave us a hard time. And then I finally found the place that we're in. And I'm like, all right, here go the solutions. This was up on the table. Um, if, boom, boom. In my mind, though, I'm like, everybody keep denying us. So I don't know what I'm about to do. I'm sitting there, I'm like almost in tears working. Uh, the AC at the old crib wasn't working. I'm sweating. And I get a voicemail. Hey, this is Andrew from Bloom, Bloom, Boom, Boom, Boom. Uh, congratulations on this. You're approved, yada, yada, boom. So now I'm hype. Like, I'm hype because I made it happen yet again. But now the kids are frustrated because the options, they, they don't like the options at hand. A comment was made, though, that tore me up being like, man, this was the this was the place that we were stable at. Right? We've been there for eight years. I held it down for my babies at that one spot for eight years, and that's always been a thing of mine that I don't want to have to move from this place to that place to this place. And previously, while I was in a relationship, that's what it always was. My goal was to show them that they could rely on me, that I could be depend, uh, de depended upon whatever we got to do. Us leaving there triggered something in them because of the relationship that they have with their mother. Separation anxiety, is, is, it runs rampant in them, the smallest things. So to them, I'm taking away their safety. Twin was losing mine. I don't like this place. I don't like that place, but this, but that. I mean, hella moody, not really wanting to, to go view the places. Then when he viewed the places, what about this? What about that? Like, you could just see it on his face that he was just distraught of where we're going to because he was losing this space that he's so familiar with. And, and if I'm being honest, that is the only thing that they're familiar with because the constant moving when I was with their mother, the constant moving, then I find, I like, I lose, I like, I lose a place and I'm, I'm couch hopping. I finally get a place and it's sold from up under me within a year and a half. And then that's what got us in that last place. So I was hell bent on being able to stay in that place. Right. Then when their mother moved across country, like it's one thing to realize you're a single parent um, and, and you maybe have a deadbeat other parent or, you know, just they're just not as equally as involved in you. But when you when the other parent moves across the country and you start to realize like, yo, it's just me. Like, it's like, like, I can't fail. And that pressure is just, it just sits on me all the time. Like, I can't fail these kids because they ain't, ain't nobody coming for me. 
either I got to figure it out or it, or it's not going to get figured out. And so the frustration of them not understanding that everything comes to an end and you got to just move on to the next phase. Like I had to have a conversation. Like I told, I had to have the conversation with Twin. Like, bro, I know you upset. I know you're frustrated, but I'm going to try to make the new place as comfortable as I possibly can for everybody. You know, I just want you to understand that our time has come in this place and it just is what it is. But we grew up in that place. I learned, I, I learned myself to an extent in that place. Like it was so much pain, so much grief, so much happiness, so much everything, so much security, like so much uh, unstableness. Like it was a whirlwind of emotion and growth in that place. So I understand their, their hurt from loop, their grief of losing what they feel like is their stability. And just like before, it's my job to make sure they understand how secure they are wherever I am. Like, wherever I am, it's going to be security. Whatever I got to do for my babies, it's just, it, it is what it is. And that put a lot on me because I'm dealing with the financial stuff. I'm dealing with, uh, with the adult stuff. I'm dealing with work and trying to get that situated. And then having to calm down enough not to take those frustrations out. Like, the denials after denials was getting me frustrated. So I had to be able to take that hat off and deal with their emotions of moving. And then I had to recognize their attitudes. Uh, we won't have this and we won't have that. Um, it wasn't a, uh, st uh, it wasn't a spoiledness of them. It was more so like they're trying to find every reason because they kids and they don't really understand. They're trying to find every reason why we should stay here. And I'm trying to get them to understand all the reasons we cannot. And so that created, you know, some friction throughout the week. And then what work is just like, it's the constant thing of being picked at and picked on and bothered. And it's just like, no, I just, I just need peace. I just need to, I need to chill for a second. I need everybody around me, you know, to understand. And I've just been in hermit mode for a while now. Because I'm like, I'm very big on, on managing my emotions and my thoughts so that I don't rage on people. I'm very, very big on that. And so I've just been in hermit mode, really trying to, you know, not compress, but compartmentalize everything to the point to where I can move how I want to move emotionally and mentally. And it's been a difficult thing, you know, dealing with, dealing with, the, uh, the boys, getting them to understand, uh, we've been here maybe two weeks now, probably not even a full two weeks. And, you know, it's, it's a level of comfort, but because I took another financial hit, it's certain things we, that aren't consistent right now. You know, we're back to the check to check situation and I'm trying to recover from that. And it's going to take me a second because that's just, that's how it goes. So dealing with that, and feeling like I'm taking their safety away bothered me. Even though logically I know we had to move, it still doesn't help because our connection grew in that house. Them knowing no matter what I had them, me understanding no matter what, these are my boys. 
I've given them, like, when times get hard, like, I've given them option after option. Like, you want to go with your mom? You want to go with your uncle? Like, what you want to do? And each time, they're like, we're here. Because one of my major things for them, I'm going to protect you from everything that I humanly can, even if it's me. So if I'm struggling and I can't get you food, I can't get you clothes, like I'm not, I'm not the parent that's going to be like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to ask the other parent. I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I'm not that parent. I'm going to give you that option. You want to figure it, you, you want to wait here until I figure it out or you want to dip. And my kids always rock with me. It, we'll be having attitudes with each other, but they still here. And so on on one side of that, I'm I'm proud of myself for being able to build a foundation with them that they don't want to leave my side. I don't want them to see me struggle, but again, life is life and, and you have to uh, uh, play the hand that you're dealt. And I continuously uh, do, I, I continue to do it. I don't allow them to see me super frustrated. I don't, you know, unless we're having detailed conversations, I never really, I don't put that pressure on them because I want them to still be able to be kids. But some days we have to have those real conversations. Like somebody uh, uh, on, oh my God. On one of the podcasts I used to watch, they used to be like, can we really joke if we can never get serious? And I always stuck with me. Because it's like, I'll joke with my kids all day, but I got to get serious, you know, from time to time. So they are aware of the reality that's that's going on. And the reality of it is we had to get up out of there, security or not, you know, our connection or not. Um, that's the place we lived at the longest. I get it. And I understand they have separation anxiety really bad. I, you know, I experienced that a lot as well. Um, due to the relationship with their mother, like anything that, you know, any separation of things that they hold dear, it, it takes a while. It creates a, a avalanche of emotions for them. And I get that. And so, you know, we're working through it day by day in the, in the ways that we can. Like I try to leave them alone for the most part and let them kind of get used to the new space, you know, on their own. I don't, I don't bug them about it. Um, it's just it, 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 the anxiety. We we fight through it, like we we do our best. You know, it's I, I stay in my room. They go in their room. You know, today we had a, a conver long conversation. We all joked, uh, laughed, and it, it was what it was. And you know, we all went back our separate ways. Um, the fires that I have to put out with all of this. It gets difficult because even though I'm the protector, the provider, the counselor, uh, the nurse, the barber, even though I'm all those things, I have my own fires. And attempting to put my fire out while helping them put theirs out, it becomes difficult. A lot of my approach to life is they have to see it for themselves. Like, I'm training wills. I'm not the handlebars, if that makes sense. So it's like, you in control of it, but I'm always going to hold you up. So I want them to be able to see, hear, smell, think, like, 
their own emotions. And then when it gets when it gets heavy and they feel like they can't really maneuver through it and they get ready to tilt over, there I am, the training wheel holding up, like, all right, hey, look, this is this, that, you know, boom. Let's talk about this. How, like, why do you see it that way? Like, do you think that boom, 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 or, you know, tell me what you feel and, and then let's go from there. I never want to give them my own perspective because they've lived a very different life than me. I never lived with my biological dad. I never been in a position to where I felt like my biological dad fought for me. I never felt like my biological dad, like, was, like it was ride or die. My kids know it's right, like it's ride or die. Unfortunately, the situation just flipped for them. They have their issue with their mother, whereas my issues with my father. So again, they don't, they don't, they don't know. They don't know what it's, what, what it's, what it's like without having me as a training wheel. But they also don't know what it's like for me being the training wheel while I'm trying to fix my own bike and ride my own bike. It's certain things that I didn't have. Me and my brother used to talk about this a lot um, in regards to how people say I was raised that way and, and, and they never figure it out for themselves. They never attempt to figure it out. And I'm not that way. Yeah, I was raised a certain way. Yes, certain things happened. Yeah, I, I was without some things and stuff like that. But at the time that I decided to move out, to get married, to have kids, to get divorced, to have a baby, to uh, to propose to someone else, to get to this house, to that house, to that car, to this, to get the kids to school or not to school, get them up for school, get them to I can't say I was raised that way because now I'm teaching. So if I continue to live how I was raised, that means that I'm raising the same kids. I'm raising myself over and over, and that's not the case. And so I'm comfortable being the training wheel. I'm also comfortable explaining to the kids when I need them to ride on their own. We, we, we have these issues, and how can I put this? We have these issues that we need to stay aware of. The reason that is is because these traumas and these triggers, they've taken away something from us. They're taking, they, they've taken a piece of our journey, and there's a void there. With all the trauma, with all the triggers, it's a void there. And we're walking on these fragmented paths. But we need those memories and we need those traumas so that we can heal ourselves from them so that we can fill those voids. Right? We live in this world of you just need to let it go. And I said that to one of the kids over the, like, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I was like, man, you need to let it go. But then it clicked to me that I wasn't teaching him properly what to let go. And so I it, it took me back of hearing, man, let it go. You got to let that shit go. It is what it is. That's giving up. That's not letting it go. There's a total difference between letting it go and giving up. If I have no uh, closure to an issue and I just never talk about it, 
that's giving up. It hurt. It's it's still painful. Uh, I'm just not willing to talk. I'm that's giving up. Letting it go is understanding. Hey, this is what happened. This is why it happened, and you can't control that. Or you can control it, and you did what was necessary from what you could control. We get in this. We get in this space in life where. We so scared to just let shit go. We so scared to to combat the issue, uh, learn from it, teach from it, and just move on because people will say, oh, you're giving up. You're giving up. Oh, you're weak. It's too it, it it was too much for you. It was this, it was that. And it's like, no, it's not that it's too much for me. It's taking up too much space in my head, and I need that to move forward. Weak minds will tell you you're giving up when they don't understand the logistics of how you got to that point. When there is no understanding, there's no freedom. So you get locked in this, 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 you get locked in this position of trying to please people and seem stronger than you need to be. And we let these narratives push us into uncomfortable positions. We let these narratives stick us into chaos people don't want to see you better i'm telling you human beings by nature are selfish beings especially if they have more money than you more education than you uh, more experience than you they want to make sure that you are aware of that you don't need none of that shit to be a better person none of it you are experiencing your journey and you have to be able to stand up and understand when it's time to let it go and when it's time to give up. It's certain things like you could be in an abusive relationship. You got to give it up. You got like you got to quit like like it got to be not nah. ain't no conclusion to that. When you're being abused in any way, shape, or form, you got to give it up. Ain't no letting go because there's no closure to that. The closure is either somebody getting beat the fuck up back or jail or boom, you boom, boom. You feel me? I'm not with the, I'm not with the abuse. I'm also not with people, you know, telling you how to feel and, and how to move through whatever. And that's why, like, I'm very big on making sure I'm listening to you know, the people who uh, confide in me, like people who who understand that I am an advocate for them as human beings and they're not trying to come at me or come to me to to be on their side, per se. Like. It's a lot that I just won't say. Because I'm not, I, I, I just, I don't want you to feel how I feel. I'm going, if you confide in me and say, you know, what do you think about this? I'm going to tell you what I think about it. If not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to persuade you. I'm not going to try to create a narrative of, for you to, to let it go or, or what have you. I just want you to understand, like I'm learning to understand these little pieces that, are, are creating voids, we have to refill them with something so that we can get back on track. We get lost in, in so many things that we forget who we are. We forget where we're going. We, we, we start to care about 
the destination more than the journey. And so that's when you start going left when you should go right, making U-turns when you should have stayed straight. Stop worrying about the destination because we all gonna end up in the same place when that time stops ticking. Be concerned about the journey, learning things, teaching things, you know, gaining, lose, like, be concerned about that type of stuff. Don't worry about, don't worry about that. Like, everything is a, is, everything is a battle of opinion. And it's so annoying. And if we're not, if we're not careful the war that we are going to create in our mind is going to take over. And if you are already mentally fragile, dealing with mental health issues, when you start listening to this opinion, that opinion, this thing, that thing, it starts to tear your mind up. It's, it really does. I find myself reading certain things, and like again today, I had to start blocking people. Not because they did anything to me, but because what they were posting, I felt it immediately affecting my mind because it was certain situations that they were posting about that I'm like, like they, they were hard set on this way of thinking. And I'm like, damn, I'm in that, that exact situation, but it's opposite. I'm the victim of the situation, but you, you're hell bent on men this Blah, blah, blah. There's no such thing as a single father, and I'm not one of them, like I'm I'm not one of them. Yes, I am a single father. Like I don't I'm I'm not doing that. I just gotta block you because that lets me know that you you are limited in your experiences with parents, with single dads, with single moms, with dual you know with with, with biological parents, with step parent like with with gay parents, with straight parents, with with big parents, with little like you you stuck in your one way of thinking, and so I tell the kids all the time like man you got to chill on allowing people's opinion to to move you. I go back to the Royce the Five Nine interview, and he's like yo when I'm working on stuff I don't care about your opinion it is like this my baby I'm working on it and I'm giving it the best that I could give it. And that's what I tell the kids in life. You got to give whatever it is, the best that you can give it until you're ready to deliver it. Once it's delivered, it, keep it pushing. Or once, once you deliver it, keep it pushing. Because if not, you're going to drive your, yourself crazy. Right. That's just like when I when I first opened the store, like, you know, people like, oh, you should make this. You should make that. You should do this. You should do that. Oh, that's cool. This, that's cool. And so I'm moving on what I I'm moving on what they are opinionated about and now I'm frustrated I got this big ass store like I'm Macy's don't nobody know who I am and I'm over here trying to show uh sell comforters and 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 uh and shower curtains and throw rugs and comfort like like going crazy because people say you should and I'm and I'm getting lost in that and I'm losing mad money on these vendors and ain't nobody buying nothing and so I had to say, what do you want to do with yourself? How do you want to move through this? What do you want to focus on as a part of the business? What do, you know, what do you like, what is your end goal for this? 
And so I had to I had to kill that war that was going on in my head. And it gets bigger than that. You know, relationships, uh, how you raise your kids, you know, people have have opinions about the things that you say, what you let them wear, what you let them listen to, how you let them talk. And it's just like. Why do I care what you think about what I'm doing with people I'm responsible for? That's why we have so much racism. That's why we have so much domestic violence. That's why we have so many, so much crime, because it's a cycle of how you were teaching people. Again, I just said, don't let people's opinions uh, influence you. This is my own opinion. You can skip that part if you want to. But think about racism, both sides. It stays because you keep telling them to be like you. And you keep putting them in the positions that you were in instead of allowing them to live freely in the world that is meant for them. Your shit came and gone. You don't got to keep it going. I don't allow my kids to do the same things that I did. And if I see them do it, like, I don't be like, you going to play football because I play football. You going to run track because I ran track. You going to go to church because I was forced to go to church. I'm not doing none of that. Live your life. Figure it out. I just found out today. Well, I don't want to say I found out today, but I've been new, but I got confirmation today. My son's like, man, listen, I know we've been going to church a long time, da-da-da-da-da, um, but I, I don't believe in God like that. And I said, that's, I'm like, that's his opinion. That's like, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I did my best. <laughs> I have my own discrepancies with spirituality, so I can't sit here and chastise him for that. I can't say, oh, well, you're going to go to hell or you're going to go to hell. I, I can't do that, bro. got to figure it out because I don't want him listening to me. And then now I've created something in him that don't belong. Right. I created this issue in him because I believe this or I believe that. And it becomes this this never ending story in your mind of trying to be something that you are never going to be. These battles, how can I say this? Excuse me. These battles that we, that we are in right now because of the social media era, because of societal standards, it has our mental in a chokehold, and I don't really think people really understand it. Like, I don't, like, I, I think that if you really shut social media down right now and people really had to go back to just face-to-face -face conversations, um, seeing people at events only, they're, like, only seeing, like, for real, for real celebrities, like, on TV, I think that a lot of people will go be in a crazy house because they wouldn't know what to do with the, addic the, the addiction of attention. Like, people don't realize that that's an addiction of wanting to be seen every single minute of the day, wanting to have an opinion on something every single minute of the day. Like, 
I don't want to sound like I'm judging because I'm not. Because I understand change. I understand that it's not like when I was little, like you really had to go outside. You really knew your friends. Um, you knew their parents. Hell, a lot of times you even knew their cousins and stuff like that. Like it's, it's not those times. And I don't ever want to be the old guy to, to act like my time was better. My time was my time and I understood what it was. I'm in a space now that I have to learn social media behaviors because of the because of my kids. By the time they have kids, they're going to have to learn something else for their kids, you know, to understand. And so I just sit back and I look at certain things and I, I see conversations and I'm like, man, like all of us, I'm not talking about black, white, uh, uh, Asian, Mexican. I'm talking about all of us has this weird addiction to wanting to be seen every minute, wanting to have an opinion um, about everything. Even like I, I see so many times that like, and th this is how bad it's gotten. I've seen so many subjects where someone will lead and say, I don't have kids, but my opinion is. I don't drive trucks, but if it was me, I'm not a chef, but I wouldn't. And it's like, have we come so far in life that everybody has to have an opinion on things that they have no clue about and then have the audacity to get mad when someone with experience says, nah, that ain't it. I know y'all see how many arguments there are like that out there and people don't realize that's a mental thing. When you feel like you have an expert opinion on something that you've never experienced, never put hours into cultivating, um, never put time in to master, you feel like you have an opinion on that. That's crazy to me. I speak on poetry. I speak on dancing. I speak on mental health. I speak on parenting. I speak on uh, cooking, not, not being a chef, but cooking. Because these are things that I put hours into to master or still learning or consistently doing. I'm 120 podcasts in. I still don't talk about nobody podcast. I used to do two hours, so 120, 120 times two hours. That's how much experience I have. A lot of these people got 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 hours. I'm not there yet. I can only speak to people who have 20 hours. I can only speak to people who have maybe 100 hours because I've experienced that and I'm continuing to push. But we don't realize a lot of that argumentative behavior, a lot of that uh, feeling like I have to say something is because that's trauma of not being heard at a, par at a, at a certain time of your life. 
if you have conversations with a lot of these people and you really break down why they're so, I guess, uh, loud or why they're so opinionated, you'll, when you get down to the root of it, you'll understand they weren't heard as kids. They weren't heard in relationships. They weren't heard by their parents. They weren't heard by their teachers. So now they have in their hand the power to be heard whenever they want to about whatever. That's because the cycle of you going to do what I say, not what I do. The cycle of fear being placed in all of us, of all races. I've had conversations with many different races where it's the same thing, man. It was certain things you just couldn't say. You couldn't have an opinion about this or that um, in my parents' house. And it was, it was the time. And so we don't realize that we are bringing that trauma to social gatherings. Just because, you know, social media, you behind a keyboard, that's still a social gathering. You post one post and the, the world has the opportunity to see it. I had to put that in perspective as I was trying to, as I'm trying to build this podcast, as I'm trying to build my brand. The moment you post something online, the entire world has the opportunity to see it. Can you imagine if the entire world saw you speaking solely because you could? Not because you are a teacher, not because you have mastered the subject, but can you imagine in, in, in the entire world chastises you on that post or the entire world comes against you and say, hey, they prove you wrong. Can you imagine what that does to your mental? All because no one taught you, hey, you can, you got a voice. Everything can be used for good and bad. When we are not taught that we have a voice, when we are not allowed to have a voice, a lot of times that's our villain origin story. We could care less about the path that we're supposed to be in. We're now hell-bent on being heard every chance we get. We don't realize what it's doing to our mental because now you are in these fights that you're like, I don't even know why I'm here, but it's because you keep speaking in groups that you don't belong in. You keep speaking to groups you do have no business talking to, not because you are less than, not because they are better than you, but it's just not your lane to be speaking in, right? Until we start holding ourselves accountable, until we start filling those voids on, on this path that we're on, we, it's gonna be shaky. We're going to continue to not be able to stand up straight. A lot of us, like I always say, I don't care the toughest people, the aggressive people, the people who fight the best, all that type of stuff who feel so tough, they go home and they have to deal with their conscience. What is right for you will shine the correct light on you. Period. I don't want no one else's light. I don't want no one else's darkness. I have enough of that on my own. So I don't 
I don't comment on things that I don't have no experience in. And even a lot of times, like I said, I have experience in having to go through child support, uh, child support. I have experience on divorce. I have experience in physical abuse. I have experience in verbal abuse. But a lot of times I don't speak on it because my situation is not the end of it all. Now, if someone starts a respectful conversation with me, yeah, I'll have a conversation with you, but I'm not just out here like making hard statements on these subjects because I have experience in them. In situations that I don't have experience, I don't say anything. Why? Because I'm aware that I'm only saying it because now I have a voice. It's one thing about me my entire life. You was going to hear me say something. Sometimes to, to my detriment, because, again, I tell you guys all the time, very good at football, very good at trap, uh, uh, running track. The award that I got my entire sports career was most inspirational. You can't be inspirational if you're not saying something. That was my lane. What I'm doing right now, trying to help people get through their mental health, trying to inspire, trying to be a light for them. This is what I've been doing since I've been a kid. I've been doing this my entire, my entire life. I didn't accept it for what it was. I didn't accept the light because I'm too busy trying to figure out other shit. But now I'm, I'm comfortable here because this is where I belong. This is what I'm supposed to do. So now I'm feeling that void of insecurity of, oh, man, you never got MVP. Oh, man, you got, never got most improved. Oh, man, they think you soft because you inspire. I had to let it go because I got closure. I'm supposed to be here. The light that, that's shining on me because it's supposed to be here. Until we start figuring it out, we're going to always be walking on these uneasy paths because we just out here talking. We just out here being. We're not being what we're supposed to be. We're not speaking how we're supposed to, to speak. We're wasting time in someone else's cookie jar. Think about that. Think about the time you want to be a troll and you want to play devil's advocate. Because, again, I get it. Sometimes, you know, like perfection shouldn't exist. And sometimes you feel like you have to be the one to shake the boat. You feel like you got to want to make the noise because everybody is, is agreeing, right? A lot of times when you see a lot of agreement, because people been there. And they understand that. And they're truly agreeing. Not because they're trying to kiss somebody's ass. Not because they're trying to get on someone's good side. But I had to learn that a lot of times, it is a lot of people who have been in this experience and it was positive. But it is a lot of people who've been in this experience and it'd be negative. But either way, if you haven't experienced it, you got to leave it alone. You can't try to create chaos because you came up in chaos. You can't look at nobody because your life was hard and, and, and I got to make it their life hard because mine was hard and be mad about it and be openly mad and complaining. And you're not trying to do you're not trying to do anything. 
And what happens is you wonder why you can't keep friendships, you can't keep relationships and stuff like that. Like I had to learn, this is why I value my friendships and in, in my relationships. I had to learn how to be alone because I'm not a lonely person, right? I don't, if for whatever reason, I don't get lonely like that. I'm okay with being by myself, with myself for very long periods of time in romantic relationships, um, away from the kids, like, of, like, how can I say this? I rationalize very quickly if I have to be away from the kids because I know me and if I'm away from them, there is a true reason why I have to be away from them. So I don't get that, oh my God, da -da -da -da. I don't get that feeling. In relationship, I don't get that feeling. Right? Like once I'm once I'm over the breakup, I'm not jumping into situations because I'm not lonely. I tell you guys all the time, I like I, if either I'm gonna be in a real relationship or I'm gonna be a whore, period. Not because, and the reason why I say whore, because it don't, it, it's no connection. I don't have to have emotion with that. I'm, we're gonna bump uglies and keep you pushing. And that's just what it is, but it's not healthy. But I had to learn how to, to do it so that I could value, again, something that I had to let go because I kept just, get over it. Get over it. No closure, no nothing, man. I don't need no friends. I don't need no relationship. Da -da 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 -da. Told you guys, I'm, I was very big on, man, fuck that shit. Da -da -da. Hurting. So I had to learn, who, do I, who am I? Who, to me. What do I want to accomplish? Do I, need some, do I need to accomplish that with someone? Or can I do that by myself? Because I'm big on not getting a relationship for someone to, to just for someone to help me with my kids. I'm big on not getting relationships to, uh, for, to, uh, to not just help me financially. Like, I'm big on that. I got to be able to do this stuff by myself before I invite somebody in. I had to learn. Because I don't want to continue to have this shaky path in the things that I need accomplished in my life. So when I take on a relationship, I'm going to be prepared for that. Because I'm going to be looking for it. When I take on a new business venture, it's going to be because I look for it. Because, I, because I'm learning, right? I'm no longer reaching my hand out for nothing. I'm not grasping at straws. I'm not... Uh, swinging that air no more. I'm preparing myself. So when it's time, I'm going to be prepared to look this woman in the face and say, I love you. We need to do this right now. It is what it is. I don't care what nobody say. I say all the time, listen, if I pop up with a kid and a baby, mind your business. Or a kid and a baby. If I, if I pop up with a wife and a baby, mind your business. You don't see what I go through. If, if you get on my page one day and I'm across if I'm, I'm across the world, mind your business. You don't see what I go through. I can't allow what y'all doing uh, uh, to influence me. I got to be prepared for that. I can't let you tell me, do this for your business, do that for your business. I, I have to be prepared for it. I can't let you encourage me. I see the void in my step right there. You don't see it because you're not in this. In, in, you didn't experience this life with me.
you looking at potential. I'm looking at reality. There's a void right there that I'm not strong enough to feel right now. And you keep telling me to go there and I can't because I'm not prepared. It's going to take me a little bit more time to get there. Stop telling me to move. I'm not ready. Social media forces us to move when we're not ready. Societal standards forces us to move. We're not ready. And we so scared to say we're not ready. We don't want to lose the friend. We don't want to look weak. We don't want to uh, uh, go against the team. We just want to be a part of something because we never had a voice. And we don't see that, okay, this step is going to put us further back. Because when you fall through that hole, they're not going to pick you up. Not because they don't want to, not because they can't, but because they don't know how to, because they don't even know how you got in there. They don't even know what happened to create that void, but they, they, they keep telling you to move forward. I tell people all the time, yo, I'm not telling you nothing about your relationship. I'm not coaching you on that. I'm coaching you on people. I know who you are as a person. I know what you've expressed that you love and that you don't love, that you like and that you don't like. I'm coaching that. I'm not telling you leave your partner. I have, I listen, I have a hard one. If they are abusing you in any way, get the fuck out. Other than that, I'm not, no, dang, that's a crazy argument. He hit you, she hit you. They manipulating you? Are you are you trapped? Okay, cool. I don't. That's crazy. Cause I know you love that person for real. I know you love this thing for real. I'm not gonna tell you to give up on something because you failed at it twice. I revamped my book three times, and guess what? I'm about to revamp revamp it a fourth time because the shit's still not selling. That ain't a failure to me. That's me trying to figure out how do I get this to the people. But if I allow people to keep telling me, yo, don't do that, don't do this, don't, I, like I'm going to give up poetry as a whole. I'm going to give up spoken word as a whole. These fragmented paths that we're on is for a reason. They're going to stay that way. I don't care how many people you have in your corner. I don't care who you have on your side until you are able to get the, uh, uh, the conclusion that you need to get. For you to understand it's time to fill that void, it's always going to be there. It's not going to be, it's no encouragement in the world that's going to make you safely move to that next step if you're not ready. That's why for me, I don't care about bridges. I, I will burn them motherfuckers. When people be like, oh, you burned a bridge, you don't try to come back. Listen, sometimes you just got to burn it. I don't, for me, I don't see the need to allow, uh, uh, I don't need to, I don't see the need to allow things to progress on certain things. Consistency is key, both positive and negative. And just like, I'm like, oh yeah, I peeped it. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. I take it step by step. If that first two steps is negative, the bridge is burnt. Peace. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not one of the people I'm, I, and, and, it could be to my fault. My mental is too fragile. 
I can't let you build a bridge with me with no foundation. If I am the only one putting material on the bridge, but you're the one walking on it, it is going to be unstable because I'm going to get tired at some point of holding up the fucking bridge by myself. Friendship, business, relationship, family, I'm going to get tired and it's going to crumble. So I got to be able to be cognizant enough to see it and be like, all right, burn that shit. And even in burning, it don't got to be nothing negative. It could just, be, all right, I'm not done. You'll never hear from me again. I won't speak on your name. I won't reach out. Please don't reach out to me. Let it go. Foundationless relationships never work. It never work. People I'm going to date you for money. Oh, you got to pay for this. You got to do this. You got to do that. Money runs out. Relationship over. I'm going to date you for connection. I'm going to date you because you seem like you're able to network. That person going to network with the right person. They're going to go to the next thing. Relationship over. When I I was younger and I used to listen to, to, to the songs, and I used to be like, I need you, I need you, da 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 And so that became the thing that made me feel like needing, needing was love. And then I'm like, damn, I got older and I got in relationships and I was fulfilling needs and then those needs got fulfilled and then those fucking relationships was over. I don't need things, I want things, right? I want things. Yeah, there are necessities and foundation of life, but I want things like anything outside of necessity. Like a relationship is not a necessity for me. I don't need it. I want it. Like, think about that. Think about how broken we are that we feel like everything is a need and we don't see that once the need is fulfilled, the relationship it's done. But if I want you and continue to want you or continue to, to want to do my podcast, to want to build my business, no matter how hard it get, I'm going to keep doing it. So if I have all these, these voids in my path and I want to continue to move forward, I'm going to do the mental work to get my mind right, to get past that thing. I'm going to do the mental work to get my mind right, to be able to defend myself properly and then, uh, uh, and then not be a rage thing. Like the reason why I'm so big on holding my emotions intact when I am angry at something, because when I was little, I responded in rage. I almost killed my brother, sliced his leg with a box cutter. From calf to Achilles. Same brother hit him in the head with a monkey wrench. It doesn't matter what was done to me. It shouldn't have been rage. My favorite brother, the one that I I say is, is like my father. I hit him in the eye with a belt buckle. I'm 40, he's 42, he still has that scar to this day. It doesn't matter what was going on, it shouldn't have been that way. Yeah, we laugh, oh, peanut was this, peanut was that, but now, and not now as in today, but over the, like, easily over the past 10 years, 
I'm like, dang, like that's crazy. Why, I wonder why I reacted like that. I wonder why, why, why rage was was okay to me to that level, right? Yeah, I had seen domestic violence. Yeah, you know, I've seen my mom bruised and beat up and stuff like that. But why did I think rage was okay? And so for me, I'm like, I got to feel like, like that's a void I have of not responding in rage. And so I'll rather shut completely down than to think about, dang, you raged and you could have killed your brother. Twice. You raged and, and you could have killed your other brother. You could have gave him a brain, a, a brain injury, an eye injury. I love my brothers. I cannot imagine if I would have injured them to the point of death and being told those same stories that we kiki and laugh about, but they wasn't here. Yeah, I was a kid. I was little. I was young, probably 10 and under, but that don't make it no better. I remember these things. And so when I feel like I'm about to rage, I shut down for whatever reason. That void is not completely filled. I'm very strong in being able to pull back, but shutting down isn't the, the issue either. I still haven't let it go. I still haven't got over the hurt that I, that I caused them. I still can't get over the, the trauma of I could have killed my brothers. And so this path that we that that we get on, we got to start really figuring out what's what and stop allowing opinions of others to to guide us and and stop letting things encourage us incorrectly to move to to these things. Burn that shit. If the bridge has no foundation, if it's not connecting to something that's going to help you grow, um, burn it. I'm not about, I'm not here to use people and I'm no longer allowing people to use me. If it's not an even exchange of whatever, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, I don't need, I don't see the need to continue. Like, I had to block somebody because, and I don't know how that's going to sound, but I don't really care because this is just what it is. I go through it daily still from losing my daughter. But everyone treated me as if I should just get over it, like immediately, right? And no one understands the void that I have every single day that my child is not here. I was already going through with my oldest daughter being alive and not seeing her, but now my youngest daughter, I'll never see her, right? And these same people, when they experience death in their families, they expect me to have this large heart, like, like the Grinch, like when it grew three sizes bigger. And they're telling me about this. And I'm just like, how are you getting frustrated at me? in the same position that I was in, and you basically was talking to me, like I should get over it. 
And it start it, 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 it started to make me realize who I was just a number to. And so I start pulling back from certain things and conversations and stuff like that because I don't want to I don't want to feel envious of you in in your time of grief. But I recognize how you did me and I got to let you fight that fight alone because I don't want to add negative energy to what you're already going through. I'm still dealing with my shit. I start really recognizing how much people lean on you. But they disappear when it's time to be leaned on. And so the idea of a bridge, a bridge is a solution to an existing problem. And if the problem changes, so should the, so should the solution. In a lot of cases, it don't. A lot of cases we have to understand no matter what it looked like to you, sometimes you just got to burn that shit. You just, sometimes you have, you have to be the one to do it. I know it's scary. I know like just for the sake of your sanity, for your peace, it's going to be situation that you just going to have to call it early. It's going to be collateral damage. You're going to lose friends, family. Like sometimes you're going to lose your kids, but you have to call it yourself. You have to be a, a important enough to yourself that you say, okay, you know what? Now, nah. what's the use of a bridge without foundation? Can't do it. Can't do it. I, when I first started mentoring, I used to ask people, are you in love with that thing, that person, or are you comfortable and afraid to lose it? And until that question was answered, realistically, we can't move further. When it was, all right, let's go. We can go from there now because now I know that you will, like, if there's something that you really love, you're going to fight for it. You're going to continue to fight for it. But if you're just comfortable, you will let that thing go at the sight of the next comfortable thing. So I can't fool with you. I got I, I to gotta let you know, hey, if you're just comfortable, man, don't quit wasting your time. Ain't no foundation there. Ain't no foundation there. That helped me also understand separation anxiety and why people stay in bad situations. This, again, I, I, listen, we go through three stages, right? We go through protest, we go through despair, and we go through detachment. We so worried, how can I say this? As adults, we're so judged that we just going to stay silent and stay. Like, really think about this. We're going to be silent because we can't handle properly our emotions. We're going to protest. Right. And we we we're going to to protest is to make a statement of action. Um express a disapproval or objection to something. But when we protest and it's ineffective, despair sets in and we lose hope in what the thing that we want the most, that we so-called want the most. 
right? This is why I say it's important to make sure we're on, we're on steady land. People want to encourage you and you're on field because you're comfortable. You, I want that thing. I want that thing. When you can't get it, what's going to happen? You're going to lose hope for it. But even on a positive side, when it is something like, yo, like I want you like in a relationship, you want somebody to treat you right. You want somebody to be fair to you. You want somebody to love you and care for you like you're doing them. Even in your relationship with your kids, you want the respect that you give them, period. And so you're going to protest and protest like uh, you're going to express your hurt. You're going to express the pain of what you're going through. And you're going to realize in certain situations, they don't care. And then you're going to lose hope in that situation. And this is what this is for me. This is how I live my life. I'm. It is what it is. I'm the one that's going to apologize first. I'm going to make everything my fault. I'm going to, you know, do my best to, to quote unquote, make everything right. And I'm going to lose hope. And then I'm going to detach myself. And again, I'm not saying that this is the right thing to do. We become so desensitized. Death, bad relationships, arguments. Uh, we not having real uh, communication. It's just yelling. And now it's like, I don't give a fuck about nothing. I don't care about none of this. We could, you know, I'm not about to sit here and argue with you. Now I'm a hermit. Now I'm standing here with all these voids around me and I can't move because I lost myself in trying to be who you needed me to be, who they wanted me to be, who my job needed me to be. And I'm not worried about fixing my path. I'm not worried about standing on stable ground. These fragmented paths that I'm on, I, I, I can't control because I'm not willing to burn the bridge. I can't control because I'm not willing to see that you have a need of me. You don't have a want of me. I can't move forward because your opinion of you're 40 and you should own a house and own two cars and uh, get an LLC and get $50 million and buy this and do this and your kids should be this, your kids should be that. Like, so lost in those opinions. And it's not healthy. And at some point, we have to find a way to find ourselves on solid ground. This old head took me to the airport a few weeks ago, and he had made a comment. And he, We were just talking about a bunch of stuff. We're talking about a bunch of stuff, but something that stuck with me, and I'm going to let you figure it out for yourself like I'm doing for myself. He said to me, he said, it's not the weapon, it's the warrior. Foxes have holes and birds have nests. We got to go through something to get somewhere. I'm super glad that y'all able to do that with me. Peace. Yo, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com. Get your copy of King's Collective and your Peacefully Flawed Apparel. It is summertime. Check out the Summer Ready tab on the website. Get your bikinis, your shorts, your tank tops. Enjoy yourself over there where all things complex. If you want to donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods. 
Um, there's a tip jar over there. You can interact with me, rate the episodes right there in real time. Um, there's a ranking over there for the top 100. So a lot of times we are in that top 100 bracket. So I do appreciate it. If you want to donate to the business overall, head over to the Twitter page, The Complex. It's a tip jar over there. Again, www.peacefullyflawed.com. Remember, no matter the darkness, as long as you have the opportunity to breathe, we have the ability to see the light. Peace.